Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving and not so much, plus insider hair, makeup, and skin tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Glowdown. Hi, Jill. Hi, Carlene. What's popping? Oh, my gosh. There's so much popping. Um, I just got back from a desk side. Well, if you guys aren't familiar, a desk side is sort of like when beauty brands sit down with editors and chat about what's coming up and what's launching. Have a little coffee. Yeah. I just had a coffee with Taylor Frankel. She's one of the co-founders of Nude Sticks. I haven't seen her since we interviewed them, her and her sister back in 2017. Oh my gosh. One of our first episodes. Yeah. Episode nine. Episode nine. If you guys want to hear it, they're... They're the youngest founders we've ever featured. Yeah, she had so much news. First and foremost, they have two big new celebrity backers of the brand, both Chelsea Handler and Hilary Duff. I saw that on Chelsea's uh, Instagram story. Have invested in nude sticks. So great. So as you guys know, they're really incredible formulations. The idea is that it's makeup on the go. You can put it on eyes, cheeks, lips. Um, The formulations are really flattering, really forgiving. We've been big fans of them since day one. The quality is really good. Since we've talked to them, they've exploded. They've launched India, Malaysia, Singapore. They're in Australia, all over Europe. So they've just got so much news. And they've collaborated with Mary Phillips, a really Mm -hmm. famous LA-based makeup artist. She works with Chrissy Teigen all the time. I loved that product. And then one of their very newest ones is called Sunset Strip. You You have to see it. So pretty. So this you can use on your lips and cheeks. Yeah, this is one of their biggest bestsellers, this particular product, the Nudies Matte. Right. Well, this is basically that uh, lively coral, I believe, yeah. is, is the is name of it. Living coral? Living coral. Living, yeah. It is lively, though. Yes. Um, that's the Pantone color of the year. Much better than last year's purple. I was not feeling that. I know, but this, this is so, it's so beautiful. I would definitely wear this on my cheeks and I lips. know. I was thinking we'd be fighting over this because it's, it's just be. really pretty and very wearable and mm-hmm. kind of melts in your skin. I love these formulations. They're doing four times this year these beauty boxes okay. that are like 
a lot of products for like a really good value. This particular one has a charitable component. So mm-hmm. this is Taylor's Sunset Beauty Box. And $5 from the sale of each box goes to Love is Louder. Campus and communities around the world use Love is Louder programs, resources, and events to address issues like bullying, body image, discrimination, depression. In this box, even Taylor has a little uh, note to whoever buys it about her own struggles with mental health. And I just really find it impressive that she's taking this opportunity not only to support a great organization, but to be really straightforward with her fans that she's also struggled with mental health yeah, and that it's okay. coming to, out in a way. Yeah, and like she's open. I think it's really powerful when somebody like Taylor, who looks like a model, she owns her own business, the highlight reel on Instagram, you would think she's got everything perfect and all together. And yet even she admits that someday she has down days. So mm-hmm. I think it's really powerful. And I love this initiative that she's doing. And you get lots of great makeup and you're supporting a good cause. That's awesome. Yeah. What about Kylie? Have you been seeing, she's been in the news this week. I in know, beauty news. I know. So a couple of couple of magazine covers. Yeah, she's got the cover of Days. Okay. See, I'm a little confused by this because there is a makeup credit for Mary Phillips, who you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. who worked on this cover. And yet the big news around the Days cover is that all of the makeup was apparently generated by an AI system that amalgamated, I think it was 17,000 different pieces of data from Instagram or the internet. And it was all makeup and hair and kind of like mangled them all together this and like that's an how, episode of black mirror or something yeah and that's how they came up with her beauty look so okay. when you first see some of the images they're strange and distorted they're distorted but anyway it was kind of controversial because the way that they dazed had written about it the managing editor amelia had said kylie is the person the whole world holds up as the poster girl of beauty the face that we try to replicate and wow there was so much backlash in the comments to this people were just not having it they're like this is not the ideal that we're trying to look up to you need to be more responsible canceled next all of that it says that kylie had minimal makeup applied first so maybe mary phillips did that it says photographer daniel sanwald started by taking photos of jenner in very minimal makeup so that beauty gan which is this algorithm you talked about Mm -hmm. would have a clean slate to work with anyway it was uh it was quite the sensation yeah and didn't you say that estee laundry had a different take on this yeah estee laundry which is kind of like they're all about calling out the beauty industry they had a split screen on their instagram where tush magazine which i've never heard of apparently they did this very same concept Uh, nightmare as a creative director for any magazine or any if you've worked in any kind of creative Mm -hmm. you never want to be perceived as like ripping somebody off yeah it's yeah i saw the split screen and it was awfully similar Mm. the crazy thing is is that ismaia french has the credit for creative director in the in the days in the days photo shoot and she is i have so much respect for ismaia she's a makeup artist she works with tom ford all the time and she's incredible like she has the most artful looks she comes up with I mean literally her work could be in a gallery like yeah. if it just photographed and all, I would buy it yeah I mean she is an original so sometimes mood boards get taken a little literally uh-huh. or maybe it's a limitation of this whole AI thing where things if they execute it once it looks the same however yeah. you execute it I don't know that's interesting oh anyway. well I was more interested in the Kylie Jenner architectural digest cover yeah because while I have not picked up the magazine I definitely 
did a lot of reading online and I loved that it showed her glam room, Mm -hmm. which had like the neon sign plastic above her uh, mirror. And it's all pink. Yeah. Definitely (laughs) Barbie inspired. And she even had some of the carpets dyed to exactly match some of her lip kits. Anyway, we better get to today's episode because we have an amazing personality in the house. His name is Adir Abergel. Mm -hmm. He's a celebrity hairstylist. And honestly, what better timing because red carpet season is here. Yeah, we just had the Grammys. The Oscars are coming up on February 24th. And Adir, you just fall in love with him when you meet him. It's very evident right away why his celebrity clientele adore him and work mm-hmm. with him for their entire careers. He's worked with Kristen Stewart since her Panic Room movie days. Mm-hmm. So she was like a teenager then. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner, I think he's worked with her since she did Alias. So way before mm-hmm. Ben Affleck was ever in the picture. Jessica Biel, he's worked with forever and he's such a supporter of all of them. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. Well, I wish I could have fallen in love with him in person, mm-hmm. but unfortunately I was out of town. Town yeah. when you did the interview. So I had to fall in love with him online yeah. <laughs> through his Instagram account. But good thing there's a there's a lot of material there. Yeah. Just looking at his work, you know, he recently worked with Miley Cyrus on the Ellen show. She was singing her new song, Nothing Breaks Like a Heart with Mark Ronson, and she was wearing this great loose wispy top knot. He did Sir Ronan's hair for the February cover of Vanity Fair. That was yeah. the young Hollywood issue. And I know he did Charlize Theron's hair for the Critics' Choice Awards, which was a really cool kind of trifecta of different things happening in her hair. He did a few small braids and then a, a twist at the nape of the neck, and then it was being held with a metallic halo by Givenchy so he definitely takes an artful approach and I'm excited to see what he's gonna come up with at the next couple of shows yeah and he just has this energy about him where you know that he just would make everyone feel beautiful and feel their best Mm -hmm. like I only spent an hour with him you just feel like he's super connected to you and I think that that is a big part of being a hair and makeup person especially in Hollywood like it's how you make the person feel it's like you're a trusted confidant it's not only about how you make them rock out their look it's like yeah you are like a therapist and you have to be able to read scenarios and Mm -hmm. and see how they're feeling and what they may need from you we should mention that he's also the creative director of virtue hair Mm -hmm. it is a line that's sold in a lot of salons and it's a pure keratin based line of hair care and it's free of sulfates parabens phthalates synthetic colors and dyes gluten-free cruelty-free and um, i've been using the recovery shampoo and conditioner and I I do really like it for for my hair and he gave me a whole like prescription for my hair so of course anything a deer says I'm into was that Uh, at Lack and Co it it was actually in his hotel room oh cool (laughs) wow VIP I was like "Ooh, was Jennifer Garner just in here like (laughs) should we text her Um, I know the lines also sold at Space NK and Uh Blue Mercury okay great Um, and a deer has also collaborated on a really cool line of hair accessories with Lillette New York Mm -hmm. and I think that really comes from his own personal style he wears a lot of jewelry you're going to hear in this episode he's designed some of his own jewelry Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite pieces is the liquid chain comb I'm obsessed it's a hair comb you can get it in antique gold or antique silver and it's all these different lengths of chain 
that look like a cascade yeah. falling down your hair. And he's styled it different ways on Kristen Stewart and Jessica Biel, where he's woven the chains into an updo and then just also like sitting at the back. So it looks like this beautiful waterfall. I'm kind of obsessed. You know, and he's just not for the celebrities. He's also going to give us lots of tips in this episode for regular folks like us, including what to do if you find yourself trapped in a hotel room and your luggage doesn't show up, but you need to make your hair look good right away. I think what listeners are really going to enjoy in this episode Mm -hmm. is Adir's personal coming up story. He was truly a child hair prodigy, if such a thing has ever existed. My jaw was on the floor multiple times. Mm -hmm. Um, He began daydreaming about hair at age five. He started doing hair at age 10, which sounds insane, but it's true. And he started apprenticing at 15 years old. It should be noted he was also living on his own at this time. When I heard that, I was was concerned for like past (laughs) a deer, baby a deer. I'm like, what were you doing? I just think he's an old soul doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. He's a total bohemian. Love it. But there were so many moments like that where you're just like, what? Including being... the time he was the backup dancer or sorry, backup singer from Michael Jackson. I know. So grab a bag of popcorn, buckle up if you're driving. Let's give it up for a dear Abergel. Hi, my name is Adir Abergel. I am an artist and a hairstylist. And you've been doing hair since you were 10 years old. Yes. Can that be true? Yeah, it can be. It can be. Can you tell everybody about that? Well, um, okay, so I started at 10 years old coloring all of my mom's friends' hair. And the way that it kind of started is um, I needed extra money. And my parents were like, all right, well, if you need extra money, then you're going to do the next door neighbor's um, hair color and you're going to apply it. And she's going to give you the $3 that you are going to make out of it. And so that's kind of how it really started. But I, I didn't really know that I loved doing hair at that point. It was just kind of, it, it grew as the years went by. What about your, your childhood? If you can elaborate a little bit. I understand you grew up in Israel. Yeah. Or part of your childhood was? Yeah. So I grew up in Israel till I was seven. Okay. And then at seven, I moved to the States, to Hollywood, right across the street from the Guitar Center, um, where Hollywood at that time was really happening especially like Sunset Strip which is where I kind of grew up and um yeah definitely very different dichotomies from Israel growing up across the street from like the guitar center it was like every like heavy rocker and like punk and all of these and really honestly there was like a lot of going on on Sunset Boulevard and I didn't speak the language so it was definitely overwhelming and I had to learn the language very very quickly if I was going to, you know, live in this country. So And how did you get into ballet dancing? I've read that mm-hmm. was a passion of yours from an early age too. So for me, dancing was a way to kind of express myself at a very young age. And I was a very creative kid. You know, I started drawing probably when I was like two and three years old. That was something that I really loved. And then dance was something that I was introduced to when I was in elementary school. And um just kind of fell in love with it. I started taking classes and it just grew. That kind of took on, I saw that I had a really natural way of expressing myself through that form. And at 13, I moved to New York City and tried to join the American Ballet Theater and spent like the next like two years in New York pursuing that career. That was pretty intense because I moved to New York City with I think probably $200 in my pocket. 
I had convinced my parents that I was going to go there. I had some fake IDs, showed up to New York City. I knew one person there. I was going to stay in their house. And I did it. I remember getting off the plane and this woman, as I was getting off the plane, looked me straight in the eye and she said, listen to me, kid. Make sure you always look down. Don't just look up when you're in New York City. And so it kind of like immediately put me in a very different state of mind. So when I always walked in New York City, my head was down and I was just like walking to my destination. And then you got back into hairdressing. Take us through that. So, yeah. So then I got injured by the time I was like 15. Okay. And then at 15, I moved back to L.A. And at that point, I had been living alone for almost like two years And so I was like, um, I need a job that's going to make me money that I can live alone again. And so I went to hair school. I signed up to Santa Monica Cosmetology School. It was a community college. And within the first two weeks that I was there, I'd heard that this guy was looking for a hair assistant. And so I went and met this guy and I convinced him that I was going to be his assistant at 15 years old and that I was going to quit hair school And that he was going to go to school and give me an apprenticeship program. Wow. And And I worked with him for seven years. Did you just show up? Did you look older or something? No, but I think at that point I had lived so much life. totally. That I just was really focused on what I wanted. And what's interesting is I didn't even know that I loved hair. I had kind of forgotten that I did hair when I was 10. And I forgot that I had did like these photo shoots with like the girls around the neighborhood when I was like 11. And then my dad brought me photos um, that I had drawn when I was five years old of all of these women hairdos. Wow. So somehow it's always been in me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that that was what I needed to express. That's crazy. And I wanted to get into a bit of um, when you began hairdressing, you know, you were apprenticing for a while. There was a lot of famous people coming through there, I've, I read. Yes. So, so who were some of those ladies? So first of all, you know, I just have to say thank you so much to Arthur John, who is my mentor, you know, who I started working with when mm-hmm. I was 15 years old. And he was a man who is probably one of the most talented hairdressers that I know still today. He could just, you know, take a few hairs and make it into a beautiful sculpture. So I really learned the craft of hairdressing very young, like very young in my career. And I had women like Betsy Bloomingdale coming in there and Tina Turner and Shaka Khan and Olivia Newton-John and Julie Christie and Edie Adams, who was married to Ernie Kovacs. And all of these incredible women raised me Mm -hmm. really till I was like the age of 22. I really understood the foundation work of hair Mm -hmm. at that point. And that was really kind of my education and, really understanding it. And, you know, and this man is the man who created the Princess Leia buns. So it was just, it was an incredible time in my life. How did you have the confidence? Because everything's about image with a lot of those women that you mentioned. How did you sort of trust your gut and your creative instincts? I think for me, I've always treated everyone equally. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's always gone very far for me in Mm -hmm. my career and in my life. And I think I was someone who was always hungry to learn more. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my father being a huge human rights activist. He was the founder of the Black Panther movement in Israel. What? Yeah. I was always around that and around seeing that, you know, knowledge is incredibly important and looking at people and listening and was taught to me at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And I took all of that in and, you know, incorporated into 
being around Arthur and mm -hmm. really listening and watching. And I don't think I did hair actually for like the first like year and a half yeah. when I worked with him. I, I think it. I handed him combs. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on your your musical roots too, because I was oh reading that you yes. you were a singer. I was I was everything as a kid, you guys, <laughs> by the way. Like dream child. I mean, yeah, I was a good, I was a good kid. Tell me about the Michael Jackson connection. So yeah, so Michael Jackson went to Gardner Elementary School. Okay. And I was there and I was singing in the choir and I was one of like the soloist for the choir. And he came there and he heard me sing We Are the World. I did a solo part within our entire choir and we came and honored the auditorium for him. And then he chose me to basically then go with him and do all of these We Are the World tours like around the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And then you worked with Arthur John and then... I decided that I needed to break up with Arthur. Okay. And that was not easy. Okay. Especially for him because at that point, you know, I had become a family member. Mm -hmm you know, for seven years. And I think it was like six years, almost seven years. And, you know, and I knew that I needed to go and separate myself so I could kind of grow on my own. Mm -hmm. I knew that I could handle it. And so I got up and I left and that was not easy. And, you know, I was just like, I'm going to freelance. And I didn't, again, didn't know what that meant. Like hadn't really met anyone that was really freelancing. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that I wanted to do that. And the first person that I had met was I'd gone to a party and I had met Dave Navarro. Okay. And we just connected. And he said to me, like, I have a photo shoot next week. Why don't you come and do it? And I was like, okay. Didn't know at all that I needed to bring a kit. Didn't know what a kit was. Didn't know what it looked like. Didn't know I needed to have, like, all of these extra, like, pieces and showed up and thank God there was another hairdresser on the shoot mm -hmm. who had everything. Mm -hmm. And I borrowed a lot of his kit. And that was kind of the beginning. And then from that job, the photographer somehow really liked me. And then he put me on a job. I think it was doing like the Goo Goo Dolls or something like that. Was that their names? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So then I did that. And then from that I met a woman named Sharon Robertson, who is still a dear friend of mine, who I love, who used to run Atlantic Records. Okay. And that led to doing like Missy Elliott and doing TLC and doing all of these incredible, incredible projects. And so I started building all of a sudden this entire portfolio. So now your roster is just completely star-studded. There's Kristen Stewart, Sarah Ronan, who you worked with all of last year during her Oscar run-up. And, yes. you know, do you keep that sort of, you know, professional relationship? Are you like, are you over at Jen Garner's house for like Thanksgiving? Like what's um, your... Jen Garner is like family to me. Yeah. Like, you know, like I will text her mm -hmm. a couple of times a week mm -hmm. and check in on her or she'll check in on me or, mm -hmm. you know, I've known her for almost like 18 years now. Right. You have to remember all of us kind of came up at the same time. Mm -hmm. This is why I always say treat everyone 
kind, mm-hmm. treat the assistants of the publicist kind, mm-hmm. treat everybody kind, because all of those people are going to become somebody someday. Right. We all have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you talk about like Anne Hathaway and Kristen Stewart and Maria Sharapova and Jen Garner and uh, Sandra Bullock and, you know, Emma Watson and all of these girls, I've known them literally since they were young. Like I've known Kristen since Panic Room. Yeah. You know, I've known, you know, Jessica Biel literally since Seventh Heaven. And so it's real relationships for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, what I can remind people in their life, and this doesn't have to just be around hair, is that build real relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you lose people in your life, especially if you're in a freelance world, let them go mm-hmm. because the right energy will come to you if mm-hmm. you let go of things. Right. More doors open. There's so many personalities in the industry, like in Hollywood, and yes. even that can be draining to manage. Like, do you have any tips on how you navigate? I would say, you know, Jen Garner's manager, who I've known for probably 20 years, calls me, you know, Mr. Rogers and Jen Garner, Mrs. Rogers. And I think, I think the way that I manage it is I really love what I do. Mm -hmm. And I think when you love what you do, that comes first and that drives to be able to deal with all of that. Right. It's also really kind of understanding the human mind and really reading body language Mm -hmm. and really allowing people to have their space to explore and speak. So yes, there's a lot of personalities, but it's how you deal with it. And I would say that for me, it's, it's stop look at people's eyes, look at their body language, Mm -hmm. look at what they're actually wanting to say. What is the frustration? Why are they getting anxiety? Why are they getting overheated? And really kind of understanding where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So almost like understanding the back of their mind rather than what's coming out of like their mouths. Right. Okay, so what is what is always in your carry-on? I always carry virtue shampoos and conditioners in mm-hmm. my kit that I give to every single one of my girls before I start every single hairstyle. Your hair, by the way, is gorgeous. Oh. If you guys, Thank I wish you. that you guys can see this. It's <laughs> um, gorgeous and shiny. Thank you. Um, obviously, always like blow dryers and curling irons and you know hair accessories. And I would say, you know, I'm really big at you know, reinventing the way that I use fabrics and the way that I use um, material. And so I end up going, like, when I'm, like, in Japan, I'll go to, like, an amazing, like, dyeing place where they dye everything in indigos and go and buy, like, indigo thread. Or, like, I remember being, like, in Paris and going to the flea market and buying, like, beautiful 19th century like gold thread that they used to kind of like embroider with that I used on like Sersha and Rooney Mara and Jessica Beale. And so I kind of love to play with that entire mm-hmm. world of fabrics. And in terms of like brushes, what's your go-to if you like... Um, hands down, Ibiza round brush. Okay. So Ibiza round brush is a combination of like nylon boar bristle. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I love that combination is that the nylon creates traction and the boar bristle creates shine. Mm-hmm. And they're really lightweight because they're core candles, mm-hmm. so they're not heavy. And I would seriously die if that would go missing. 
So it's probably the only thing that I have in my backpack. Really? That I don't actually check in. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, that was going to be my next question. Have you ever lost your kit on a flight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was with Jessica Beale for a team press all over Europe, and the kid didn't come the entire week. And when we landed, we had, this no exaggeration, an hour to get ready, get her dressed, get makeup done, and get her onto the red carpet for the premiere. And I literally had nothing. I'm now waiting at, you know, the airport have to claim my bag missing, which took oh no. longer. Of course. So cut down into our time. And I just got there and I ended up getting a spray bottle and using salt and water and shaking that up. We opened up a bottle of champagne. I ended up using the champagne as the volumizer, the sea salt water as a texturizer for the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I borrowed the blow dryer that was in the hotel room. I One girl had a really janky um, round brush, and I used the comb that comes when you get to the hotel that is like literally like this small. And it seriously is so beautiful. The hair looks so good. But also, let me preface, the girl is stunning. Right. So it was kind of frizzy. But it looked dope. But it looked really, really good. So when in doubt, just grab the vuv out of the mini bar. Yes, exactly. And just yeah. rub it Drink in. it first a little bit. Leave a little bit at the end. Then take a yeah, combination. you don't want it too fizzy, right? No, we, we don't want it too fizzy. And you definitely want to enjoy yourself. If you're going to put it in your hair, you might as well enjoy it as well. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> so now, have you learned any lessons from that? Like, do you just always have? Uh, no, I learned no lessons. I learned no lessons. I literally, the only lesson is, is that I learned just my round brush is something that I really love and really need. Mm-hmm. And really the rest of it, I can kind of deal with. What would you say is your most, is your like signature style? Mm. Well, I think it's definitely like evolved. Yeah. So I think for a very long time, it was about effortless, gorgeous hair that had like almost like a natural wave to it. So, you know, so I started out back in the day with like doing Sienna Miller waves, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like kind of became like a huge revolution. And, you know, Kristen Stewart Mm -hmm. making her a little bit more grungy Mm -hmm. and a little bit more undone. And so for a very long time, you know, it almost like the word Adir Abergel and undone was kind of coined together Mm -hmm. in a lot of articles for many, many years. And Mm -hmm. I think what's happened is... I kind of have taken a step from just like almost doing undone hair to really kind of loving creating great foundations Mm -hmm. and starting with like beautiful hair and then creating structures Mm -hmm. and having it be a little bit more sculptural. And even if it's down and it's wavy, it still has more of a beautiful finish to it. Mm -hmm. And so if you would ask any girl in Hollywood or anybody in Hollywood, like what's a dear style, they would say to you, it's very individual to the individual. Mm -hmm. And so I like to not homogenize, but I like to find the person and help them have their voice of who they are. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like, you know, what I do on Rooney Mara with severe hairstyles that are geisha inspired or tribal inspired I won't do on Reese Witherspoon 
or I won't do on Jen Garner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and what I do on like Kristen Stewart and by shaving her head or mm-hmm. bleaching it, I wouldn't do on some of my other girls. Mm-hmm. So I, la- I allow each person not to look the same and to really find their individuality. That's amazing. Okay, talk to me about Virtue. We have it all yes. sitting here in front of me. Virtue is a hair care line that is almost like a GPS system that goes into the damaged sites and repairs your hair to its best, best, best foundation so you can create any style that you want. So is it healing broken hair or is it repairing broken so hair? all of us have broken hair mm-hmm. if you wake up and take a shower and use a towel mm-hmm. and you're creating friction you have broken bonds mm-hmm. within your hair mm-hmm. that need repair okay so every single human being has if it's coming out of your head and it's been on there mm-hmm. for more than a few minutes believe me It's broken, whether you're sleeping, rolling around, using a towel, using heat, Mm -hmm. coloring, bleaching, any of those things. Mm -hmm. Environmental. Right. What's your favorite product? If you have a need to try one. I would say for me, if you are getting into the line, Mm -hmm. the gateway is the mask. Okay. It is so incredible. It's so beautiful. It's so restorative, literally like in 90 seconds. And well, I would say like in three minutes, actually you're going to get like the full, full, full repair wow. from it. Um, now on to some tips and tricks. How does someone best achieve their signature cut? All right. How do you get your best cut? So I think a part of it is doing your research again. Mm-hmm. So looking at people who have similar hair types to you. Mm-hmm. So don't be delusional because when I used to work in the salon, people would come in with literally like Sophia Loren hair and they literally had like fine blonde hair. And I'd be like, well, okay, but that's not achievable for you. But like, let's look at like Julie Christie who has similar hair to you. And Mm -hmm. let's look at, you know, what she's done before and what speaks to you. And I think it's about really kind of being realistic about what's achievable. Mm -hmm. And then starting from there about having a real conversation around Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I think hair is for me, one of the most incredible accessories that Mm -hmm. you can own. Mm -hmm. So don't be scared. Try things. How beautiful that hair grows. Mm -hmm. How beautiful that there are wigs. How beautiful that there's incredible head wraps, that there are clips, that there is accessories. Mm -hmm. You're over those bangs, clip them back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you may hate the process for like four months, but it's not forever. Yeah. It's true. It's such a beautiful Why accessory. Why does it always feel like it's forever, though? Well, because you want to die when you feel like shit every <laughs> single morning. Yeah. And you're just like, these bangs yes. are killing and me. And the truth is, is that, you know, a lot of people at home don't know how to do their hair. Mm-hmm. You know, you may go to an expert and I can make it look incredible. Yeah. But, you know, when I try to do haircuts for my clients, I do haircuts that are easy for them to live in Mm -hmm. on a daily basis because I know, you know, Jen Garner is going to use her Virtue uh, Recovery Full Shampoo and Conditioner and probably like the six-in-one and walk out the door. Yeah, She's not sitting there blow-drying her hair or backcombing it or teasing it or throwing it into an updo. Mm -hmm. Like, She's waking up. She's doing that. So I have to give her a haircut that is appropriate for her life. Right. So also be realistic. Are you actually good with using tools? Are you good with Mm -hmm. 
or are you like an air dry girl? Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what's the haircut that most ages someone? Because I feel like the people get ages. stuck in a rut and they're like, this is my uh, cut. And then they just wear it. Forever. Yeah. I think that sometimes, you know, people think as they get older mm-hmm. that they need to have a lot of layers. And I think those haircuts sometimes can feel dated yep. and it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And so, again, don't ever get too comfortable. Hair is the greatest accessory. Try different things. Mm-hmm. See if it works for you. Um, so I think it's, it's, I think it's really about like finding out what is great for you and not being stuck in the same run for like 25 years of getting the exact same haircut, Yeah. but really trying different things. Yeah. And if someone has fine hair, I think this is a question we get a lot. Yes. What can you do to just make it look thicker? So you guys, I have very, very, very fine hair. And what I personally do is wear a hat daily. That's not what I'm saying to you at all, because I have a lot of clients that have fine hair and I'm able to make it look luscious and Mm -hmm. gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to start with a great shampoo and conditioner mm-hmm. because for me, foundation work with fine hair mm-hmm. is the most important. Mm-hmm. So start with a great shampoo and conditioner. A great tip is only use your conditioner from mid shaft to ends. Mm-hmm. Don't ever put it near your roots mm-hmm. because that's going to weigh down your hair even more. You want a formula that is incredibly super light. Um, like our full and our line is very, very light. I formulated it specifically for that woman. Mm -hmm. The next thing that I would say is get a wonderful volumizer. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a volumizer yet in the line. I've been working on that. The poor people at the lab, this is like my 14th revision because I know how important this product is Mm -hmm. for this specific woman at home. And I know it's been such a huge challenge for me as well. And Mm -hmm. so I want to make sure that it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a couple. I like I like Cusco Murphy, um, which is an Australian line that makes like a volumizer that I think is really wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Fido makes a really nice like volume active. It's a volumizer that works very well on your roots as well. Mm-hmm. And so start with that. And then when you're drying your hair, right, don't use hot air. Use cold air. Okay. So cold air contracts the hair and doesn't stretch it out. So I would start with the dry hair, dry it about like 95%, mm-hmm. and the last 5% use a round brush with heat. Okay. And let let the round brush and the hair be wrapped around the round brush, put on the heat, and the secret is letting it cool down mm-hmm. before removing it. Okay. Because when you let it cool down is when everything gets structured. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to get the volume. That's where you're going to get the bounce. That's where you're going to get the memory. Mm -hmm. So those are the secrets. And then we have an incredible product as well called the lifting powder. Okay. That is really wonderful. And I like to use like quarter pumps. So don't use an entire pump. Only use like mini pumps. Just target it on your roots. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a tease-free formula that is powderized, that creates a little bit of traction and volume and gives your hair longevity. Mm, Love that. Yeah. And can we just talk about your personal style for a minute? I mean, you can. I'm so sorry, you guys. Can you? um, This is a podcast. Let's describe it a bit. (laughs) Okay. Do you want? (laughs) I mean, um, all right. So this shirt I got in Japan and it's, there's like a lot, a lot of pleats. It's almost like a line. I wear a lot of like vintage jewelry 
This vintage jewelry story, by the way, is really amazing. When I was working with Arthur from the age of 15, there was a store and Neil Lane and all of these incredible vintage jewelers mm -hmm. used to have a store across the street called Antiquarius. Again, so driven. I would go there. I would make friends with every single one of them. And I would go and give them $50 a month from my paycheck. And at the end of the year, I would go and buy a piece. So they did lay away for me. Amazing. And to this day, I'm friends with all of those dealers. My husband goes there and buys me one piece a year. And so if you guys saw me, there is literally like four humongous bracelets, some rings everywhere. There is earrings. These earrings I got in Israel, they were found under, no kidding, wait for this, like right around Jesus's grave <laughs> in a dig. They're like over 2,000 years old. What? And I went and found this antiquity guy who is in the old city in Jerusalem and went and hung out with him and he wasn't going to sell any pieces. And then by the end, he sold me his entire collection. And, you know, I wear them every day. And this is a piece that I custom made. Yeah, that is so cool. Can Thank you describe you so that much. a bit? Um, yeah, this was a piece that I kind of made out of like tribal tattoos that I kind of saw. It's like kind of like a swirly... It's like made out of one piece of metal that is mm -hmm. kind of like all swirled together that then hooks through my ear. Mad cool. And it's, you know, 21 carats. So it's still very soft. I like my gold very, very yellow, you guys, or very pink, which means it either has to be from like the 1940s or before. Mm -hmm. So it has to be like 1940s or like Victorian. Okay. Or, or like 2000 I have to. Years. Exactly. Or 2000 <laughs> years or or before. Yeah, exactly. Or custom made. So what about your key. heels? The which ones? Your, your Oh, my heels. high heels. Okay. Yes. So by the way, uh, my hat is off to every <laughs> single human that wear high heels. I don't know how you do it. Those heels that you see, by the way are literally just to go on HSN and get off. <laughs> it's just so I have height. Don't think I wear it on like a daily basis. I don't know how anybody does it. Every day, a dear Abigail most of the time wears Nikes with, what do you call them? Those inserts that I went to the podiatrist for? Oh, like the, um, yeah, I know what you mean, my mom. Yeah, <laughs> my whatever. Mom has them too. Yes, exactly. I was going to call it prosthetics, like but it's not. Orthotics. Yes. yes, thank you. Yes. So, yes, that is how my back is saved, by the way. Amazing. Yeah. So I wear them daily in my Nikes. And then when I go and do interviews, I put on these boots, you guys. Not heels. Not heels. <laughs> yes. Okay. Final three questions. Rapid fire. We're going to do a little Woo! game. All right. Okay. And just fill in the blank. Yes. So please. this one is, that's so LA. Um, that's so LA. Kombucha. <laughs> I have to get home. I have a date with. My husband and my dog, Dudu. Yes, his name is Dudu, you guys. Take two of blank and call me in the morning. Um, take two of, I would say, Mucinex and call me in the morning. I'm saving all of my money for... I'm saving all of my money for... Hmm. You know, I really believe that money is really not that important when you're young. I believe that you really need it as you get older. Mm-hmm. And I'm saving my money, you know, for a time when I'm actually going to need it for someone to take care of me. And, you know, right. I'm not working and not making any money. Right, right. Yes. Don't worry. Everyone asks me about blank all the time. Um, everyone asks me about hair. 
all the time. <laughs> uh, no, no, actually, you know what? They actually ask me always either about my eyelashes or my jewelry. That's actually more of the question and maybe where I got my hat because, you know, I wear a hat every day. Yeah. Where did you get your hat? This is a hat that I got in Boston in a little hole in the wall for $6. It's from the 1940s. But I just went, I had been wearing this for almost like 10 years. And I just went to this place where they were able to take it all apart. And this used to be the outside. So you can tell there's like dirt everywhere, you guys. And (laughs) they were able to turn it inside out. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? It's beautiful. Yeah, but it's really beautiful. Yeah, and the color, but you can tell it's from the 40s. That's yeah, there's some holes and stuff in there, you guys. And final, final question. Yes. Hair accessories. You have a line, do you not? Yes, Yes. I do. Okay. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I was very frustrated that most hair accessories were very cutesy. Yeah. And I couldn't use it on Rooney Mara, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. use it on Sandra Bullock, and I couldn't use it on like Emma Watson, Mm -hmm. Kristen Stewart, and like, you know, and like these girls are not like, the girls that just want like the cutesy accessory. So mm-hmm. I called my friend, um, Sarah from Lillette, um, who had a hair accessory line. And I said, I've been drawing all of these hair accessories. Can we do something together? And she mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, a deer, like you helped me start my company. Yes, anything you want. And we literally worked with artists from New York City who hand make every single one of the pieces and they sold out literally within like the first like three months, Mm -hmm. like Vogren articles about it and Allure and everybody. And it's really, it was all based on mixed metals Mm -hmm. and how to manipulate metal and how to create different shapes out of them. And it's really, really, really special. And now again, it's uh, you can get it on L E L E T N Y dot com. Mm-hmm. Any plans to do more? You know, not at the moment. Right now, I'm actually planning on maybe doing a line for women with cancer and creating beautiful turbans for them and oh. stuff like that because I really feel like there isn't much there for mm-hmm. women in in that sense. Yeah. And you know, when you're going through that kind of a thing, you have a very sensitive scalp. You can't really, you know, people think like immediately like, oh, tell them to wear a wig. And the truth is, is that their scalp is very, very sensitive. And so how do you create beautiful materials for them Mm -hmm. that they can use? And so that's something that I'm very passionate about working on right now. Thank you. Thanks so much. Of course. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a cherry bomb.